Hi, everyone, and welcome to First State Insights, a podcast presented by the University of Delaware's Institute for Public Administration. We call ourselves IPA for short. My name is Troy Mix. I'm Associate Director at IPA and your host for this episode. This episode of First State Insights is part of IPA's Visions of Recovery series, which features conversations on five important questions. What's one thing you think will be changed for good after the pandemic? What's one thing you hope will change? What needs to happen for this change to occur? What are you doing to make it happen? And how can folks get involved? My guest today is Stuart Comstock Gay. Stuart is president and CEO of the Delaware Community Foundation, a nonprofit organization focused on partnering with donors to build opportunity and advance equity in Delaware. On November 12, 2021, Stuart and I spoke about existing and potential roles for philanthropy and ensuring resilient communities and households across Delaware. Let's get to the conversation. Good morning, Stuart. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely, Troy. It's a pleasure. As we get going, could you tell listeners who you are and what you do? Yeah, Stuart Comstock Gay. I'm the president of the Delaware Community Foundation. Been here about five and a half years. What we do is, first of all, our overall goal is increasing quality of life for everybody in Delaware. And that means a lot of things, but we really lead with helping philanthropic-minded people get resources to organizations that are doing important work in the community. And that can mean anything from supporting preschool programming to supporting arts programming or environmental or community organizations. It really is about celebrating the joy of people's commitment to their community. Our series here is about talking to people to think about recovery. And so from your vantage point, I wonder, like, what's one thing you think will be changed for good after the pandemic? One of the things that I think may be changing is a deeper commitment to an understanding of something we all know, which is we have to do these, this work together. The scale of this problem is so much bigger than for any one of us or any one organization, or even a lot of us, it's all of us. And I think that we really saw that in the pandemic. I mean, people were doing great work, but even doing great work, you might be helping very few people and the pandemic continued to rage. And so I think that a deeper understanding, again, something we all know, which is we're all in this together. And what ways did that take shape in, in Delaware, the, the kind of evident need to work together more? Well, I think that the starting the evident need of just the, the number of people who economically were being put through the ringer, losing their jobs, losing their ability to take care of their kids or even feed their kids. You couldn't walk around a corner and not see somebody in trouble and you couldn't listen to the radio, watch the news, pick up a newspaper, go on social media and not see some story about how difficult things were for so many of our neighbors. And I imagine you work with a lot of people and organizations who are trying to help those people who are you know, trying to get out of trouble or need to get out of trouble or found themselves in trouble. And I, did you find from your, you know, again, from your perspective that more of those folks were meeting one another and working together than ever before? Yeah, yeah and all by Zoom. One of the things we did was in partnership with some other organizations, United Way of Delaware, Delaware Alliance for Nonprofits and Philanthropy Delaware, we created a fund that people could contribute to, raised something over $5 million in private private foundations, corporate money individuals, and raised it very quickly to go out to organizations. And we not only raised the money quickly, created a collaborative decision-making group, but we also 
got 40, 50, 60 volunteers to review applications. And we were turning grants around within five days of receiving them because the organizations really needed the resource. And so, yes, we saw a lot of people. We saw a lot of organizations. We saw a lot of need, tried to be as responsive and as quick as possible. And at the same time, knowing we missed a lot. Do you see that fund or at least the collaborative approach being one of the things that continues? Yeah, I do. You know, and, and, and if we're to say, well, how are you doing? How are you changing your work? You know, that fund, as it stands, there will be a remnant of that fund. And that was a fund that was set up with no fees. It was all money going out the door and we got it out. And there will be a remnant of that fund. But I think more importantly will be the people who participated in that now have a certain muscle memory of, okay, this is what it looks like when we have a fully collaborative process. And it's not that we all haven't been collaborative before we have co-funding and small partnerships. This was at a scale that we had not done before. Uh, with so many different partners involved. And so I think that is something that will continue both a little bit with the remnant of this, but more with other projects. I'm getting people reaching out saying, hey, what if we put a group of people together to think about how to do this one or that one? And when I say people in this case, I mean funders also working with organizations, not just the community-based organizations and not just the funders. It's like more of an overlap. So you, you definitely see that kind of collaborative approach continuing. What's one thing you hope will change moving forward? Yeah, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about two things. One is I think that, you know, look, you live in a community. It's hard to look at the difficult problems, but I'm hopeful that we will continue to pay attention to the deeper societal problems of inequality and, and, and both about race and about poverty generally. And that I'm hopeful that that will will be able to hold on to that. I also think that there's something that we kind of learned a little bit of a bank shot about the importance of both a top down set of solutions and a bottom up. And so we needed the big resources and we needed the power of the government to help us on certain aspects of this. But we also really, really, really need community organizations to work together to build some bottom-up solutions. And they both matter in different ways. And neither one is the complete answer that, that our community is about both of those things. And so I'm, you know, I'm hopeful that we can, as kind of the, the intellectual class, if you will, you know, the pointy-headed elites, you know, we got the money, we'll tell you what to do. We need to get off our high horses and say community groups are really doing some of the work, then we need to just provide a little support and get the heck out of the way. And likewise, I think that we need to have, there's a really, really important set of roles for government. And, you know, are there examples in Delaware or elsewhere of models that you've seen in terms of the provide a little support and get the heck out of the way that you would want to see modeled? I think there are lots of examples around the country over time. And you know, I would say one of the things we're trying to do with our Healthy Communities of Delaware work is get resources to community-based organizations in the communities with the that are hardest hit by uh, low social determinants of health. Say, let's get resources to these folks, provide some light touch capacity building, but basically get them some resources and some guidance to the degree they want it to build themselves up and build their own capacity to solve their own problems. And I think that is 
Here are certain things we can't allow you to do <laughs> because the, the laws won't allow us to. Here are some thoughts about things you might want to be working on. What do you need from us to do what you want to do? In some cases, they say, we don't need much. Leave us alone. In some cases, they're going to say, wow, we'd like to know more about safe streets and how we can put safe streets in our community. Or we'd like to know more about uh, public art, or we'd like to know more about community health centers. But the whole idea is to build up people's capacity to govern themselves. And governing yourself has to do with both what you do in your local community and how you participate in a larger infrastructure. And when you think about those deeper societal issues, as you you know mentioned, kind of poverty and race, mm. what needs to happen to be you know kind of keeping those in the forefront? What's the path towards that? Well, I think you know, I mean, yeah, we can keep talking about it. Yeah, keep providing support to people who are looking at those things. I think on race, of course, it's a centuries-old thing uh, and set of challenges. I think the, the questions about race are about a lot of things, but one of them is understanding that um, racial discrimination hurts all of us. And, and most people want to do the right thing and do the right thing, but there are also some infrastructural problems that we need to be addressing. And to the degree we address them, we help all of us. They on poverty. You know, I, I, there's a talk a lot about right now about jobs and salaries and, you know, people wringing their hands all over the place about uh, salaries going up, no, not enough training, whatever it is. But we will be a stronger community when more people are in the middle class and we've lost the middle class significantly. And so uh, being open to new solutions about that is going to matter. And what do you view your role, the role of the Delaware Community Foundation in kind of making these things happen? Well, I think for starter, you know, we start, as I say, you know, quality of life for everybody and understanding these cross-cutting concerns. We also, on that side of local, really celebrating people's instinct to be charitable and be good. And the truth is, sometimes we're working on things that we wouldn't have thought of or we wouldn't have thought of an approach, but there are a group of funders who say, we'd really like to do X or Y and say, all right, let's figure out how to help you do that. We really view that as deeply in, in our DNA and continuing to give people that feeling, that, that belief, that knowledge that what they do really matters. Uh, we see that all the time. You know, we, we've had a loss in the number of people participating in philanthropic efforts in the country. And philanthropic, both in terms of giving money, but also in terms of volunteering and we want to lean into that and, and celebrate for people that what they do matters in their community, the whole idea of agency. And it doesn't always have to be, you know, there, there isn't a perfect here. Uh, to the degree there's perfect is people participating. And um, it's not about specific solutions. It's about being part of the solution and not just for you and me, but for all of us. So the more we can encourage people to be part of the game, I feel like that's an important thing. I don't want to dwell on the negative, but are there forces pushing in the opposite direction in terms of getting the participation and celebrating folks? Well, I think, you know, how long do you have? I mean, it's easy to dwell on the negative, but I don't think that's always helpful. There are definitely, I think, the negativity, and I see more of that negativity at a national scene, and it's in the social media. 
and that it is too easy to fall into the trap of becoming negative and thinking of your, your neighbors who you don't agree with as your enemies. So, yeah, I think the kind of quick information and the quick ability to you know, be in what we call a filter bubble, where I only see messages about things I believe in already. Tocqueville, in, in his great book about America, talks about the importance of associations. And he actually has two points about that. One is that whenever Americans see a problem, of course, this is early 19th century, but I think it still holds. Whenever Americans see a problem, they get together and organize something, you know, an association to resolve it. The second point about that is he talks about how there's the value in being in a group with people who you don't always agree with, because the only way we can learn more and be better and go into the depth of our hearts is by listening to ideas and learning new things. And in a world of, and there's a great specific quote that I won't pause and look up, but I've got here. In a world where it's so easy to fall into a trap of just seeing the things we like, I we we want to push back on that. So having said that, social media, and I'm not here to bash Facebook or whatever, they have some value as tools, but they make it too easy for us to fall into that trap. And then there are other people who intentionally say, well, I can win elections by separating people from each other, because that's an old strategy for winning elections, you know, make people hate each other. And so it's just too easy for that to happen. So yeah, there are some forces pushing against. And if it's, you know, if Facebook, just by the nature of the platform and others, allow for that retrenchment into kind of filter bubbles, as you said, what are some maybe harder routes, but valuable routes you would see for getting people who disagree together to have some conversations in the community? Yeah, I th- well, first of all, I think that the way the, a place you start is where you have commonality. And so there are organizations where people come together across racial, class, political lines, and you think of who they are. It's on the soccer pitch or the base, little league baseball field around kids. It's around you know, groups like Easter Seals. It's groups where the thing that is happening happens to everybody. And so that's a place where we can start. I think we need to think about how do you start with that and make it not just end the day your kid is no longer in soccer, but continuing. And I think it'd be interesting to say, how can we have ongoing discussions amongst people who've started nascent friendships and turn them into something? How, how about if we do a community project together? What if we get that stoplight put in where we've been needing a new stoplight? I, mean, I think this is a classic way you do it. Then you learn how to do something together that you all agree with. And then you do the next thing that you all agree with and say, set aside our differences. Let's work on the thing we agree on and start to build our muscle around getting things done in our community. So I do think a lot of that is about focusing local. You know, the old think globally, act locally. And I think people acting locally, you know, you know, we don't have crosswalks in my neighborhood. This is real. And it's a problem. People go flying through. And so some folks are getting together saying, let's get the city council to put crosswalks in. You know, that's the little thing that might slow people down driving through the neighborhood. And that's something people can agree on. So you start with those wins that make your life better and make everybody's life better. And, you know, thinking of starting with some wins, I mean, looking at the Delaware Community Foundation and your work, let's say in the next three to six months or two to three years, what are some things you're going to be working on to kind of make these things happen? 
working on the deep issues, working on getting the community to talk to one another. What's your role? Well, so certainly within the world of grant making, we will continue to help people make grants. One of the things we're going to, you know, in the issues they care about, one of the things we're, we're starting to do is have more frequent gatherings of people who have funds with us. Somebody will, you know, take their money, put it into a fund, and then we help them grant the money out. Largely, they say, this is what I'd like to do. And we say, how can we help you do that? But get people to come together around common interests and, and try to create some funding collaboratives around that kind of thing. And we're starting the, some of that very soon, and we're going to be doing more of that. So that is an area. Second area, we frequently will gather people around issues broadly to talk about them. Once a year, we bring in an author to talk about their book, and it's about some social issue. This year, we had Heather McGee, who wrote a book called The Sum of Us, which is about how laws that were designed to hurt Black people end up hurting everybody. When we work together, we can have more success. So having more of those discussions, and we're looking at different ways to bring people together around discussions and action that their community would want to do together. So I talk about the soccer club, and we haven't designed it specifically this way, but getting those people already have a slice of connection and saying, can we talk about bigger community issues and look for solutions? So both getting people together to help solve their own problems and getting funders together to think collectively about problem solving. Really, we view our big part of our role is bringing people together no matter where they come from and saying, we're not here to tell you what to believe. We're here to tell you we celebrate our communities and help get to solutions. For those people who might have funds to bring to the table or they might want to be part of the conversation or do work together in their communities, how can they get involved in your work? Yeah, well, certainly if you're interested, check our website delcf.org and there are all kinds of ways to find find in whether you're a nonprofit you're a donor or, or otherwise i would also say you know if you know, people listening to your podcast are already involved but you know getting involved with the, your community center your church contribute volunteer find your place and do it and don't assume it's somebody else's job you know that's how this thing gets done that's how democracy works is we all play a role and we all have a responsibility too. And I, I do think that, you know, rights and responsibilities, and this is a responsibility. The democracy works when we're all in it. We're only as good as we can be with everybody. Well, Stuart, a great message to end on. And I thank you for spending time with me to talk about what you see changing and hope to see changing in our communities. So thanks again. Great to talk to you, Troy. Thanks so much. Visit delcf.org to learn more about the Delaware Community Foundation. For more on work at the Institute for Public Administration, including our Recover Delaware initiative, visit ipa.udel.edu. Thanks again for listening today. Reach out with comments, subscribe to First State Insights, and tune in again soon. Take care.